You are listening to the Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast. In every episode, our goal is to help inspire and celebrate author's journey to publication by reading and critiquing query letters and tackle a writing topic we hope you find helpful. Welcome back, guys. We are two writers walking to a bar. And um, by the time this episode airs, it's going to be a little late. It's going to be a little late. Um, we're feeling a little under the weather. <laughs> yep, here. Ken's fighting a cold. So, um, but he's, uh, he's a champ and um, he's he's putting the work in. So, thank With you, Ken, for that. New facial hair. And new facial hair. Yes. Not by choice. Not by choice. <laughs> work, work thing. <laughs> Ken's got a new job, guys, and yeah. the job told him to cut off the beard, but that's okay. Yeah. It's fine. It looks yeah. fine. I'm yeah. sure it was probably a shock, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, I'm I'm having a little a rosé in a can. Oh, nice. I'm, I don't know if you're drinking anything, Ken. But... Yes, I am. I okay. need it. <laughs> a little I'm bit of cough syrup. Maker's, Maker's Mark and, and Pepsi right now. Best cough syrup. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, guys, we have um, a fun episode planned. We, If you listened to our last episode, we mentioned that uh, we wanted to talk about Stephen King's book on writing. We both have our books. Ken has the original. Mine yeah. is different. Yeah, totally my different. dad's old copy. Ah, that's so 90s. cool. <laughs> or 80s i don't remember exactly <laughs> yeah so um first first what we're gonna do is we don't have a query letter today um so but if you're listening and you're querying and you want us to take a look at your query letter email us at two writers in a bar at gmail.com and we'll be more than happy to look it over for you and let you know what's working what's missing um and all that jazz so uh, but but we were tagged on Facebook by um, a good friend of mine, Lydia Wrights. Um, she tagged us, and then she we have some questions here that we're going to answer, and then we're going to tag um, another YouTuber at the end. So okay, so the first question, Ken, I'm going to ask you first, and you can answer, um, and then I'll give you my answer. So number one is, how many books do you read at once? Just a single one for sure. Just one at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't bounce around like that at all. So um, I sometimes it depends if I have one on my Kindle, I can read that on my Kindle, and then I'll read like a physical book. So sometimes I can read two books at a time. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm reading. I'm actually reading two different books. Are you? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, I got two new books and I started reading the both of them. They're at the very early stages of my reading, but yes, I, so I have, I've done multiple, I've done multiple books. Okay. Number two, if you read more than one book at a time, when do you decide to switch? Okay. So kind of answer that a little bit. If it's on a Kindle, um, I'll read that at night just cause I can be on my phone with like the lights off and be able to read whatever. And I don't keep my husband awake. Um, but right now, since I'm reading two books, I think I'm just kind of kind of go on my mood. I am a bit of a mood reader. So one is like a fantasy and the other one's more um, uh, like commercial, I guess you could say. So I'm going to say that probably depends on my mood. If what I feel like reading that day. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then number three, do you ever switch bookmarks part way through a book? Uh, depends on if I lose it or not, <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> uh, 
Um, if I don't lose it, no, I'm sticking with it till the end. But if I do lose it, eh, you gotta find oh something else God. to make well, do. I don't think I've ever lost a bookmark before. You haven't? No, I don't yeah. know. Um, I am very. I I have a, a big bookmark collection, so yeah. I don't know. Like, do you use a bookmark, or you use one of those people that just kind of grabs a scrap of paper or a napkin? Uh, it just depends. I use. I have this alien i alien ID, like a joke oh, okay. ID. Sometimes I use that. Sometimes I use. My dad has an old bookmark that's crocheted that he used to use. Oh wow! Okay. And I'll use that. Like when I read Stephen King, I like to use his bookmark. Because it was oh, kind yep. of his, yeah. Gotcha. If I read anything else, then it's usually the alien ID for now. <laughs> okay, so I have different bookmarks, you guys. I have like winter bookmarks, fall bookmarks, <laughs> Halloween bookmarks. I have yeah. one. Of, this is one of my favorites right here. Um, this is the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Classic. Um, so honestly, I will use a bookmark per season. <laughs> And the type of book I'm reading. If I'm reading a horror book, then I will use my more horror type bookmarks. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but it's not. That's crazy. It's crazy. No, <laughs> yeah. I agree. It's cool. It's crazy. Yeah, it's um, cool. I kind of match it to whatever I'm reading. Okay, if it's romance, yeah. I have romance bookmarks. Like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll show all us. Uh, I'll take a picture and put it on my Instagram and show you guys. I have a bunch of bookmarks, but yeah. So, uh, but I've never lost one, and I don't think I've ever switched um, halfway through. So I don't think I've ever done that. But I do pick my bookmark uh, to the to the genre I'm reading. Okay. Yeah. Um, number four. Where do you keep the book you're currently reading? Usually in the car, mm -hmm. because uh, I take it to work, and so. If I take it out of the car, I'll won't, uh, sometimes I'll forget it. So usually the okay. car or in the backpack, you know, the work backpack. So. Okay. So mine's also in the car if I take it to work, if I have a long lunch, or it's on my um, nightstand beside my bed. Oh, nice. Because I try to, I like to read, you know, read at night, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So what, well, okay, number five, what time of day do you do the most reading? Oh. Well, I haven't been physically reading a ton lately. Yeah. So commute. So night and day. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, on the that way works. To work, on the way home from work, that I works. listen. Mm -hmm. um, at work, I listen. So, so during, during the, day. the day, I would say, yeah. So I uh, also read like during my lunch. I only get a uh, lunch break is when I get to read. And then I like to read um, at night. Okay. So I, because I do a lot of my writing during the day and the evenings I reserve for in the evening. So I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nighttime reader. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Number six, how long do you typically read um, in one go? Oh God. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> if you, if you catch me on something like the dark tower, mm -hmm. I might just lose a day. And just oh like, really yeah i'll just literally not do anything but that you know like so if it's hours. A, if you're really engrossed in it you'll spend a whole day if you can oh yeah i'll binge the shit out of it the yeah. last one was joe abercrombie's uh, the last argument of kings i think i read it it took me two days and i just that's all i did on a yeah. weekend yeah. okay um i i i guess it just depends i've read a book in a whole day like um uh, I've read like the Harry Potter book seven. I read that in a single day, but I was like literally from early, early morning till almost midnight. I read all day 
or I'll try to do like either 50 pages or 100 pages. So okay. really it just kind of varies. And I'll look at it like if it's a 400 page book, I try to do like 50 pages or 100. Same yeah. thing if it's 300 that I know, like if I do 100 a day, I can finish this book in three days. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's a good way to do it. Um, yeah. If I'm in a reading slump or something, uh -huh. you know, like, you know, you get those points where you're just kind of struggling to read a little bit. Yep. I'll just do a chapter a day. And nice. That helps me usually get back into the flow and then it'll go longer, you know? Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, number seven, do you read hardcovers with the dust jacket on or off? I've done both, but probably off. Yeah, off. 100% yeah. off. No, I've that thing both. bugs me. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I have in the past. Yeah. I got this really nice Dark Tower set um, of hardcovers. And I think and I you read, read it, it. With, the, with the jacket on? Yeah. yeah. And then I eventually took them off. I'm like, screw this. So Yeah, usually uh, the first thing I do is tear it off and toss it to the side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah, I can't I can't hold it cuz I'm usually laying down and trying to hold it. It's yeah. sliding and it's kind of a pain in the butt. So yeah, I take it off yeah. completely. Take Fair it enough. off. Um and number 8, uh which position um do you use to read? Uh, usually I like to on the couch with my feet over one of the arms, okay. legs elevated, mm -hmm. yep. on a big pillow behind the neck. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm usually laying in my bed or sitting up in my bed. My bed is typically where I go to read just because if I try to go out onto the couch, like the kids are loud, they're screaming yeah. and I'm just, I can't focus, but yeah. So that's typically my room. Um, number nine, do you take the book you're currently reading everywhere you go? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a constant companion. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. I had a doctor's appointment today and I took my book with me. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't take it probably grocery shopping or if I'm doing a quick run to like Target or Walmart. That I don't. But if I have a doctor's appointment, if the kids have a doctor's appointment, yeah. And um, let's see. Number 10, how often do you update your progress on Goodreads? Uh, never. <laughs> Do you don't use Goodreads? I I have an account and I've yeah. been on it, but I've I I haven't really used it to be fair. Okay, yeah, I will update it every time I finish a book. Yeah, and oh, I, wow. every time I start a book, um, I'll put on there like currently reading, and then I finish it, and then um, I give a review if it's good. So here's a little thing: if I didn't like the book, I won't rate it and I won't give it a review. <laughs> oh, okay, nice. Um, just because I don't I don't like. You know, I, I just feel like it's it's no there's no need for me to leave a bad review. You know, yeah. it's like if I didn't like it, I didn't like it. I don't need the whole like Internet to know if I didn't like a book. <laughs> Fair enough. So um, sometimes I won't rate if it's really bad. I won't give it a rating. I just um, which is but I will say it's only happened to me like a couple times, literally, yeah. because most books I just love. I pretty much love them when I read them. Yeah. But yeah, so I will update. I update pretty regularly. I use um, Goodreads for reviews of books. Oh, okay, like when if you're thinking about maybe getting a book yeah. and then you okay. That's how I use Goodreads. Yeah. Yeah. Are you influenced though by other people's reviews? No, but I'd like to get a general idea. Okay. Of you know of how a bunch of different people feel about the book, um, but it doesn't really swing. You know, it okay. just. It, I guess it, I, technically, I guess it does. If there's a ton of negative. Then maybe yeah. I'll move it down my TBR, but I won't completely take it off. 
Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, um, I don't usually, um, I usually don't read the reviews. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I had a friend that hated this one book by, um, oh my God, I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, he writes the Artemis Fowl books. Oh my God. I'm blanking oh, on his name. Yes. Ewan, um, Coffer, Coffer, Ewan, no. Oh my God. I can't remember his name. You guys, it's terrible, but he writes the Artemis Fowl books, but he wrote this book called high. I think it's called high fire. And it was about a, um, I think it was about a, a crocodile or an alligator. Um, that was like, that could talk. And like, he like drank vodka, listened to rock music, lived out in the bayou. And he's kind of an asshole. And yeah. I remember like someone gave a bad review, but like everything that they hated, I loved. And I read it <laughs> and I freaking love that book. It's yeah. so good. It's so funny. Um, and it's completely unexpected, but I loved it. But uh, yeah, so sometimes uh, someone really gives a bad review, depending on what it is they don't like. I'll be like, I don't know, that sounds like something I might like and i'll pick it up and read it <laughs> fair enough yeah that's good um, though yeah <laughs> and i'm so glad i did because that book was really good okay yeah. last um our last question says to tag a friend so we are gonna tag so lydia 36 writes tagged us thank you lydia for tagging us and thank you for your kind words that you left for us about our podcast we really appreciate the plug um, i appreciate you um so we are gonna tag Teresa love and she is a reader and gives um she gives book reviews she mostly talks about reading um but take a look and listen to her she's really sweet she's a really sweet lady um but anyway teresa we're tagging you and i can't wait to see your answers i know they're going to be great <laughs> so tagging teresa love on youtube and kristen passioni uh, is a writer who does writing sprints sometimes on her youtube channel and um you give them both a follow they're really <laughs> heck yeah <laughs> Okay, well, thank you, uh, Lydia, for tagging us. That was fun. So if you uh, have a YouTube channel, feel free to tag us on anything reading or writing. Yeah, we'll be more sure. than happy to participate because that was fun. And I learned a little bit about uh, a little bit about Ken. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go into Stephen King's On Writing. Um, if you haven't picked up this book or you don't know, it's actually um, it's kind of split into two um sections the first book is a, a bit of a memoir on stephen king his like upbringing his um childhood his, his childhood yeah. yeah and then the second part of the book is actually on writing um so there was a few things i wanted to bring up right. that i thought were interesting i thought it was i highlighted some things um that I kind of wanted to just kind of pick your brain or just kind of talk about that I thought were interesting. Um, one of the things that um, this is like early on in the chapter on writing, I highlighted, he said um, that uh, he said, I'm approaching the heart of this book with two uh, theses, both simple. The first is that good writing consists of mastering the fundamentals like vocabulary, grammar, the, the elements of style, and then, um, filling the third level of your toolbox with the right instruments. The second is that while it is impossible to make a competent writer out of a bad writer, and while it is equally impossible to make a great writer out of a good one, it is possible with lots of hard work, dedication, and timely help to make a good writer out of a merely competent one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting because I went back and I listened to Brandon Sanders 
Anderson's uh, teaching on YouTube. I don't know if you guys, if you guys haven't, you guys, I'm sure you probably know, but Brandon Sanderson has a lot of uh, classes on YouTube that he posted during, during 2020, I believe. Right. Yeah. And yep. he talks about how, how, you know, you can't really teach a person how to write. Was I, was I kind of felt like um, Stephen King's sort of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to know your thoughts on that. Um, that you can't really teach somebody to write. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can, Yeah, you know, it's, you have to learn through bathing in the fire, basically. You yeah. <laughs> like by, by doing, <laughs> by doing. Yeah. The most brilliant writer can't just like explain it to you. It's there's feeling to it. There's like waves and flows and motions and rejection and rejection. There's certain yes. ways that you have to, you really just have to get, get your feet wet basically to learn how to write. So I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think they, yeah, they're both right because um, if you're not writing or does focus a lot on reading, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting because I know people who, I don't know if you ever ran into this. I don't know if you ever ran into this, Ken, but I've met people who want to read, but they don't read. Yeah. Always. Um, I'm always just like perplexed by that Um, because Stephen King does talk about how you really need to read in order to be a writer. So I'm always just blown away. Um, Right. Because it's kind of like what we talked about in the past and you brought up a great point. We've talked about this before, how you said that you kind of learn writing through reading, like through osmosis, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, hundred so percent. I, I forget I, who it was. What was his name? Uh, oh, I can't remember his name right now. Worked all day. I'm not sick. as both blinking my brain on ain't working. <laughs> I, know. I know my brain ain't working. <laughs> um, Neil Gaiman. Old guys. Neil Gaiman said, <laughs> "Okay, there yeah, you go." There yeah, it is. <laughs> Neil Gaiman. He said that. Yeah, like uh, learning how to be a great writer. He did it through reading books. You know, the same exact thing. Um, yes he's almost like he absorbed it he says you know by that through the act of reading so how you yeah, can become so, a writer without doing that i, I i'm no always idea. amazed by those people and i just kind of wonder how do you want to write a book but you don't read and then i've told a person i've had a conversation with, with a person and i was like what well, do you read like what are you reading and they're like oh no i you know i, I don't want to but i know how to write a book and i'm like yeah. okay <laughs> Maybe, maybe there's some savants out there that can pull that off. Maybe. Well, you know what? That's what Stephen King said that, you know, um, I think I highlighted that too, where he talks about how there's like these different levels of writers, you know, and at yeah. the very top was like the Keatses or, you know, yes. if you're one of those, the Shakespeare's and all of that, you yeah. know, I'm like, I'm definitely not one of those. <laughs> this is what Stephen King says on, um, on the first chapter about writing. He says, if you want to be a writer, you must do two things above all others. Read a lot and write a lot. And he says, there's no way around these two things that he's aware of. There's no shortcut. So, this is one thing that I thought was interesting. He says, um, he says, still, I believe the first draft of a book, even a long one, should take no more than three months, the length of a season. I was blown away by that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, Mr. King, um, I don't know. 
that I don't know. I I um the fastest I did was my last book. I told you I wrote in five months. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like I have a goal for myself. I'm yeah. like, can I do it in three months? I was talking to my husband tonight. I'm like, I want to shoot for three months. I really want to try that. <laughs> see yeah. if I see if I can it's do doable. it. It's doable. I know, but like, also he talks about his schedule. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously Stephen King. You know, when he wrote this, he was not working. He did not have a full time job. Yeah. Um, so his schedule, which I thought was hilarious, I mean, just I thought it was great. I mean, he like takes a nap and like you know, at the end of the night, he like watches. Um, I think basketball. Is he yeah. big basketball? Baseball, baseball. Is it Red baseball? Sox. Okay, sorry, yeah. baseball. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's why he says this. Um, and I kind of want to talk to you about this. He says the reason why he says it take the no longer the three months, he says, any longer, and for him, he's saying at least, the story begins to take on an odd foreign feel. Like, um, like a dispatch from the Romanian Department of Public Affairs or something um, broadcast on high band shortwave during a period of severe sunspot activity. Yeah. So um, I, that was that's funny. I um, I wanted to tell you because I it took me five months to write my last book, but I took two months off. Yeah. Right. Um, but I still count those months because I, there may have been a day here and there where I wrote yeah. like a paragraph maybe um, yeah. just because it was during the holiday season. So I don't want to say like I didn't write for two months because that wouldn't be fair because I know there were some days. But um, and I know that you've I don't know. Have you ever taken a break from your book from any of your books that you've written? Um, and did, the, uh, did you feel like this, like like you kind of were got a little distant from your characters? Um, not during. So no. Yeah. Um, in between, yes. Like I'll okay. finish a book and wrap it up, and then the well's kind of a little dry, and I'll take you know a few weeks to. I'm so glad you said that because let me just yeah. tell you, I am in a freaking dry well right now. Yeah. I know I talked a big game last week that I started a new book. I did not do anything this week. I didn't... Yeah. Um, I threw that away. I threw it away because I did not like it the way it was going. And I got to tell you that I am struggling this week. I yeah. literally cannot, I've not written a damn thing for, yeah. I don't know. What has it been a week? That's been a week, week and a half, maybe. Yeah. And um, starting to question myself here. <laughs> I haven't written either that much. But you've been sick and you started a new job. Yeah, I did. I've been dog sick. Like, you know, sleep all day type of deal. Yeah. You know? So um, that I get. Like when I was sick, I wasn't writing either. I was like, oh, I, can't. I was, yeah, I was laying in bed, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think I was able to sneak in like 500 words oh today my on my lunch break. <laughs> but I write really fast. I write like 1,500 words a, an hour. So yeah. you give me 20 minutes and I'm going to put 500 on paper, you know. Oh my on God. The page. That's wild. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> no, I uh, I don't know. I've been struggling. Um, we could probably talk about that later, but I'm telling you, I am struggling with this new um, uh, idea that, that we had. Um, well, you know which one I'm writing about. Yeah. I kind of just scrapped it and I'm trying to re, I don't know, redo something. I don't know. Imagine it. Yeah. Something. I don't know. So I had well, a full chapter and I got rid of it. What about the text we sent each other last week? I sent you, I'm like, I've been staring at the page for two hours oh, yes. and I got a hundred words and I hate them all. 
You so know. I did not realize then that I was going to hate it. But right after that, yeah, I threw it away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> I've been struggling. It's hard. It's fine. Whatever. It's it's the, the whole process to becoming a writer, right? I guess. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to think of, like, is my idea good? I just feel like no one's going to want to read this. I don't know. I just was like, who's going to want to read this? I don't know. Everybody? So, Sounds what? <laughs> I, I I mean, I don't know. I have a some other, um, I don't know. I'm struggling with it, but. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> I will say that I, I, um, I've never really had a distance from my characters. Um, my previous book, it took me, um, I think it was almost a year to be that, um, the, uh, but I was um, grieving. I had lost a family member, so I was kind of grieving yeah. and kind of going through some some stuff. Um, but I will say that the characters were always there for me. I never yeah. really, I never really felt like they faded or anything. I um, for me, it was like they kept pestering. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Like they kept bugging me to like write their story. I know yeah. that sounds really odd. And I'm not one of those people that's like, my characters talk to me, you know, they tell me yeah. what they want to do. I'm not one of those writers, but it was like that story was just sort of pressing and pushing on me to to finish it. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a distance, um, like he's saying here, but I was just one. I was just curious if that had ever happened to you. So it sounds like maybe not so much. Not really. Not that yeah. I can think of. I mean, I guess... Uh... You know, I don't know if you remember, I don't want to say anything, but you know the drunken dad uh, floating stuff? Oh, uh-huh, yep. Yeah, I guess kind of that, because I r- wrote it to like 20K, and then oh, stopped. Oh, you did? Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if you put that much in it. Yeah, and then oh, I stopped, okay. so I guess technically the voice went away. Oh, okay. Uh, Hmm. Like, I don't know where to even begin or even if I want to, I, you know, it's just so kind of fizzled that. out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like a break in between. It was just kind of like, maybe you, I've ha- I've done that before with the story where I got a, a good portion and I'm like, this isn't what I want to write. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just think I had a better idea come along and I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Know? That happened to me too. I had a better idea yeah. and I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was also in a genre that I wanted to write in to the same. Oh, okay, that's when I started yeah. my fantasy uh, yeah. story. I was writing something else, and um, I was like, "This is I'm not feeling this anymore. I just wasn't feeling it." But yeah, um, I think it's when I went from that to the to the Laughing Palace, which was a fantasy. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Uh, mine that happened to me. That's so funny. How funny? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was starting off. I really like that story, and sometimes I want to go back and and do it, but I'm like, it's still not. I don't know. I think maybe that was just a story that was kind of introducing me into writing yeah. until I realized like, oh, wait, no, I want to write in this genre instead. So, um, but Stephen King says, write what you like, then imbue it with life and make it unique by blending in your own personal knowledge of life, friendship, relationships, sex and work. So basically what Stephen King is saying here is he's kind of like saying like how to get an idea. So this yeah. is what he says. Um, especially work. People love to read about work. God knows why, but they do. If you're a plumber who enjoys science fiction, you might well consider a novel about a plumber, a boy, a board, a starship, or on an alien planet. 
sound ludicrous. The late Clifford D. Um, Simak, Simak, sorry, wrote a novel called Cosmic Engineers, which is which is close to just that. And it's a terrific read. What you need to remember is that there's a difference between lecturing about what you know and using it to enrich the story. The latter is good. Um, the former is not. I will say that when I read that, I really needed to hear that. Because of what I've been going through, like I was telling you how I've been really struggling with the story, um, yeah. trying to make it work, just trying to think like, is these, I was trying to mash two different things together, but I'm still not sure if it's interesting enough. Um, but when he said, you know, write what you like and then, yeah. you know, imbue it with life, I just thought, you know what, maybe that's what I need to do is just give it, I think my characters were falling too flat. Um, and then the whole idea of um, a space engineers, I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, my story is not that, guys, but I'm just saying, like, it's just interesting when you can take these two different things that you don't think go together. Yeah. Um, but as long as you just give it that life and make those characters likable, um, you, you have a great story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really, I got to say that I really needed that this week, although I still haven't quite figured it out. But I did, I, it helped me to realize that I think that the characters were a little flat and that I kind of really need to flesh them out. Um, and Or maybe I need to mash it with something else, with another love of um, genre, love genre that I like, that I enjoy, yeah, whatever. For sure. Um, so, um I was trying to think of um, where I work. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, um, a retail girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, then I was like, I don't know, what what, what can I do? How, what can I make her, like, send her out doing something crazy and odd? I don't know. Hunting vampires. <laughs> yeah. <know>. That's possible. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I was just, like, thinking, that's so funny. Um, do you enjoy, do you like stories about, people, about people's work and, like, putting that like i don't know he says people like it, stories about work when people are passionate about something yeah some i love that Agreed. um like there was this i think i've talked about this before but there was a whole a whole scene in a, in a fantasy book and i don't remember because i'm old guys and uh <laughs> um the whole scene was about a dude making a barrel you know and i don't give a crap about barrels right they're mm -hmm. cool but yeah. his mastery, his craftsmanship, his skill, like all of it, like was brilliant on the page because you're seeing like all how he's bending the wood and forming the rings. And so it's awesome to see people do shit well. Yeah. Yeah. If they're passionate about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because they make it interesting. Right. Yeah. So exactly. instead of like lecturing you, yeah. you feel their passion for what they're you doing. You feel that they love it, yeah. Yeah, and so then you're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I'm intrigued. And, that's. And they're competent at it too, which is another, you yeah. know, added. Mm -hmm. Like I probably wouldn't care much about a welder, but um, if they make some really cool things about it, and they love that like, they make, you know, however way they want to. I feel like it could be an artistic, um, a form of like artistic, you know, artist artistry. Yeah. Yeah. I could talk. Or if he's um, like the best damn welder and he's welding like shit that's unweldable and like that's true. Shit, you're like, holy shit, he's so like, good. wow, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess Stephen King's right. I, I, I'd probably read about, I probably would pick up a book like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so he, uh, I don't know, um, he hunts vampires, but during his day job, he makes the welding. Maybe he comes awesome. up, maybe he comes up with a really cool way to kill a vampire, welds this really cool contraption or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Walk around with tanks on his legs and like <laughs> blow torches and cross them. <laughs> hey, one hundred percent. I would probably cool definitely read that. Yeah. <laughs> I would be down for that, honestly. Hell yeah. Write that write that down, Ken. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. Uh actually he talks about plotting. So Stephen King talks about plotting in this book. And I'm gonna read what he says. Um, and then we can talk about it. So he says, okay, so you you may wonder where plot is in all of this. The answer, only answer, or excuse me, my answer anyway is nowhere. (laughs) I won't try to convince you that I've never plotted uh, any more than I try to convince you that I've never told a lie. But I do both as infrequently as possible. I distrust plot for two reasons. First, Because our lives are largely plotless, even when you add in all our reasonable precautions and careful planning. And second, because I believe plotting and the spontaneity of real creation aren't compatible. It's best that I be as clear about this as I can. I want you to understand that my basic belief about the making of stories is that they pretty much make themselves. The job of the writer is to give them a place to grow and to transcribe um, them, of course. If you can see things this way, or at least try to, we can work together comfortably. If, on the other hand, you decide I'm crazy, that's fine. You won't be the first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So when during the course of uh, an interview for The New Yorker, um, he says, I, uh, I told the interviewer, Mark Singer, that I believed stories are found things like fossils in the ground. He said that he didn't believe me. I replied with that was fine as long as he believed that I believe it. And I do. So I love that he said that stories are like fossils in the ground. And he kind of goes on um, the, uh, after this about how you're sort of like, or he'll get like an idea and he'll start, once he starts writing it, it's kind of like slowly discovering a fossil. Like you're kind of brushing off the dirt around it and, and little by little it's revealing itself to you. Yeah. I thought that was really cool because I know that I've said on here that I'm, I plot out the, I'm not a big, big plotter, but I will plot out the beats just so that I know from where I need to go from uh, point A to point B to point C, but everything in between um, comes on like almost as um, into intuition, like intuition. Yeah. If if that makes sense. Yeah. And I will say that the problem that I was having with this current book is I was trying to plan out too much Mm. where I think I just needed to, just start writing and let the story uncover itself. Let me discover what the story is, Um, which I feel like can, like, I feel like that's you. That's like what you do. Oh, a hundred percent. Exactly what I do. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're not a plotter. You've made that very clear. You're not a plotter. Um, But I, I really, I thought that was so, I thought that was so great. I love that. Yeah. 
And it really has made me sort of rethink. I mean, plot. I don't know. I mean, I could still kind of plot. I need to plot some things, but I think I'm going to be more open to what the story is, what, what I'm going to discover as I write. Yeah. I think that's the best way to go about it. You know, I mean, I guess there's some people that can pull it off that can plot out every meticulous detail and that works for them. That's how their mm-hmm. brain works. But right. I couldn't do that. If I plotted it, I'd be done. I would never write a single word if I plotted it because I had already done it. I know that's how it exactly ends. what Brandon Sanderson said in his class. Yeah. It was like, he doesn't do big, big plots because in his mind, he's like, you've already written it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I'm going to try to maybe plot so much on this book and just kind of just let it all, let it just kind of happen organically yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> and see what happens. It's awesome. It's like, exciting. Yeah. Because Stephen King and I'm kind of like what you say, you kind of, you get this idea like Stephen King's like, yeah, I get this idea. A, a thought will enter his head, like a what if whatever. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't worry about all the details, even the theme. Cause like every story has to have a theme guys. If you're yeah. listening to this, you have to have a theme in your story. Don't think for one minute that you can get away without a theme. Um, he is very clear about this. And I know other agents, um, if an agent or an editor asks you, what's the what's the theme, the lesson of your book? And if you can't answer it or you don't have one, that's that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Stephen King, so what Stephen King does, is he agrees that there needs you have to have a theme, right? But what he said is, is um, don't worry about the theme when you're writing because when you go back, like after you finish the book, he yeah. says to put the book away. I think he says six weeks. I think it was six yeah. weeks that he says kind I of put like that, that book away. Don't think about it. Don't look at it. Don't try to edit it. I don't know about that because for us, six weeks, that would take too long, uh, especially because we know how publishing today is just fucking forever. But anyway, yeah. but I, you know, I think it's good sometimes to kind of take a break. But what he said is that then when you go back, then when you go back and you just read it, he says, look for the areas. He says, you're going to have a theme. You're going to naturally have a theme. Maybe you don't know what it is, but going back through the edits, it, it'll come to you. It'll pop out to you. And once you get it, then you can go back and then make it a little bit more clear in yeah. the certain chapters or scenes or whatever, um, which I thought was interesting because I think I was stressing too much about figuring out my theme and it kept changing. I was like, no, that's not it. Maybe it's this. Um, and I just need to just let just it. Don't give a shit. Yeah, like kind of, because he's like, I mean, he's saying like, you're, it's, there's going to be a theme. You're going to have it. Yeah. Even yeah. if you don't know what it is. There will be one. Yeah. You got to go. When you go back to the edits, that's when you start to look for, or when you're reading, you you know, you start to look for that. And then you, then you want, if it's not obvious, then you need to go back and kind of make it a little bit obvious in certain scenes. Yeah. yeah. So, which I thought was interesting. And I will say that I think I was just getting so hung up. I swear this book just, I happened to, this. we happened to do this at the perfect time for me yeah. because I was way overthinking the shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't... I was too. That's why I sent that text partially, you know. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to overthink it. Like, I'm like, I got to make this perfect. And I know it's because we want to be public. We want to get agented, right? Yeah. Like, um, I was talking to my husband today and he was like, it's like we're putting all this pressure 
on ourselves, yeah. right? But he, and he was like, but when you put pressure like that, you, it's like you're kind of shutting this lid on your creativity. Your creativity 100%. is not going to be able to come out because you're you're like stressing about all this stuff. And I kind of had like an eye opener today. And with this book and just being able to talk about it, it was just like, man, I need to just yeah. just write and then see what happens. My see favorite shit goes. is the fuck it. Nobody's ever going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> give a shit. When you sent that text, I was cracking up. I'm like, it's true. Yeah. No one's going to be. Not even I'm going to read it. Literally, yeah. like by the time you sent it to me, you probably have changed it. You know, yeah. who knows how many times. Exactly. So fuck it. Just put it on paper. That helped me. You know, and I was actually starting to get up up to speed again, where I could whip out fifteen hundred a day. And then I got yeah. sick, so wow. and it shut me down. And I was gonna write. Remember, I was gonna write that short story. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It turned into a book. It's a book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it was. I'm a short story surprise book, and I'm like shit. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I love how you do that book. all the time. You always do a short story, and then it turns into a full ass novel. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It just did. I, like, it started, and I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. Oh, uh, shit, it's a book. <laughs> and so, and then I got sick, so. Uh, yeah. But basically, that'll be my next project. Uh, so I'm going to go, I guess but I'll would, finish the one. But would you up. say that you, would you say that, that that it came about that way, like, sort of just like how Stephen King is saying, you kind of discovered the fossil, and you kind of were working around it, and the next thing you knew, then you were able yeah. to see what it was, and you're like, oh, this is a novel. Yeah, this I, was get, a short I was story at all. I was getting it set up for a short story and yeah. I had a certain entry point that I wanted to. And by like 2000 words, I haven't even got to the entry point. I'm like, God damn it. It's a <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, I can't even write short stories. So hats off to you, honestly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so... I got a new novel idea, I guess. Great. That's Surprise. awesome. I love yeah. it. Yay. <laughs> hip, hip, hooray. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so, and I just kind of wanted to uh, read a little bit what I, I uh, what we're kind of talking about. As he says, um, I lean more heavily on intuition and have been able to do that because uh, my books tend to be based on situation rather than story. Some of the ideas which have produced those um, books are more complex than others, but the majority start out with the stark simplicity of a department store window display or a waxwork, waxwork tablet, tableau. Yeah. Um, I want to put a group of characters, perhaps a pair, perhaps even just one in some sort of predicament and then watch them try to work themselves free. My job isn't to help them work their way free or manipulate them to safety those are jobs which require the noisy jackhammer of plot but to watch what happens and then write it down i love that i yeah. freaking love that because again i think it's like i mean if you're if you're watching as a writer today and you're trying to become a debut author like ken and i you're probably watching a bunch of YouTube videos. You're listening to writing podcasts. You're you're doing all the things about today's publishing, or you're learning all the things about today's publishing. And you can get kind of hung up. Well, I do. Maybe maybe not everybody. Maybe not maybe not you can. But I, I you can get kind of hung up on all the information that's out there. You know, you got to get that inciting incident by the end of chapter one. Um, you you know you have to start in an action scene. You know you have to have that deep point of view and so 
for me, I get so stuck in that and trying to remember all those things while also trying to write a story with plot and character and interiority and, and a plot and, you know, all of that, um, where I think I just need to lean more on my intuition. And like you said, sort of like watching these characters do what they do and writing it down. What is it they're doing? And then writing it instead of trying to figure out how just sort of write what you see in your mind, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You can only absorb so much from outside sources before it doesn't matter. You could have Brandon Sanderson sitting on one shoulder and Stephen King here. Right. And they're telling you different shit and you're like, it'll just lock your vapor, lock your brain up. Some of that stuff will seep through and it'll get into your actual writing, Mm -hmm. but you just need to shut everybody out, do a circle flipping everybody off (laughs) and just fucking put it on paper you know i am learning so much from this i will tell you because i am a very structured person like i have to have structure in my life um i i I mean i know maybe has more to do with control um i'm not going to deny that you know i know it can be like a bit of controlling but i I feel like I have a little bit of like self-awareness where I'm starting to realize that sometimes trying to control things, you're really, I'm staunching my creativity. Yeah. I'm just literally doing a mis- uh, yeah, injustice. It's like a pipeline and you're just choking it out. And it's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not letting that creation, that creativity to just flow because yeah. I'm trying to control everything. Yeah. Um, I hate that about myself, <laughs> but <laughs> It is what it is. Um, but I'm open to, you know, obviously, I mean, I think because I want to be a, writer, a traditionally published writer so bad that I just really want to be open to, um, you know, what I, I mean, clearly I'm struggling. Like, I'm clearly struggling this week. I'm having a hard time. And yeah. I finally have my realization today that I was just like, just write it out and see what happens. Don't worry yeah. about all of these, like, things I have to trust myself enough that I know that I will have those things, but I don't need almost like thinking about it ruins it. Like, right. It's almost like, it's almost like I, I'm going to screw this up. Sorry, science guys, but um, like quarks and stuff. Like if you, if scientists look at it, they can't measure it. So the, or the act of measuring it changes it. So there's literally no way. Yeah. It's almost like that where you try to put all this stuff on it that it just changes it and ruins it. Interesting. You know, okay. You try to put in, I got to get the exciting, inciting incident here. I have to get the plot point here. This character's got to feel this here. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm I think constantly... it just changes it horribly. Yeah. Because I'm constantly thinking about all the things that I have to have and all the things that I should have. And um, especially same, this same week. for me. Same for yeah. me too. Like when I'm trying, I'm like, this has got to be good. I got to get this really cool. This line's got to be. And then I'm like, holy shit, I got a hundred words. I hate all of them. I <laughs> <Yeah>. quit, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, and then of course, I'm also trying to add those really cool like adjectives and I'm really yeah. trying to add those like metaphors and similes that sort of match the tone of the book. And I'm trying to get the tone. And I think yeah. I just need to stop overthinking. I think I you had... absorb that stuff through us. Awesome. Like you've read and watched enough movies and read enough and listened to enough shit that some of that shit's got to have been in I'll, your, I'll, it'll, your it'll get it'll get there that you'll it'll do it without having there. to think about it right yeah exactly um i had a uh, <laughs> when i was in middle school um i had this pe teacher we were playing she was teaching us basketball we we're playing basketball and i was doing really well and then i decided to overthink um a move and yeah. of course i fucked it up 
And she was like, she was like, Grace, that was the shittiest move you've done all day. You were doing so good. What did, what happened? And I was like, I thought about what I needed to do. Exactly. <laughs> and I fucked it up. <laughs> and, and the whole time before, and I and I it's funny because while I was reading this, I remember that. I mean, that was like when I was in eighth grade. I mean, clearly I've been out of yeah. school for a very long time. So I remember that and I remember hearing her. And I remember thinking, like, I was doing so much better when I wasn't thinking about how to play when I was just feeling it and just playing along with my uh, with yeah. the other teammates. Exactly. And like, I don't know if this pertains, but like when I was in high school, I got told that uh, I scored like in the top 1% in the nation on a bunch of testing. Oh, cool. Stuff. Right on. And that, that made me smoke a bunch of weed and listen to the Grateful oh. Dead and <laughs> stop going to school. Oh, why? So I wish they didn't tell me that. I don't know. It like ruined it. Really? You know? Oh. Yeah. That's a bummer. By telling me I was brilliant. Well, I maybe because you never really had off. those, uh, you never had compliments like that before. You didn't know what to do. It was like, ah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Because I didn't, my parents, I grew up that way too. People compliment me. I get so awkward. I'm just like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> never like. <laughs> but I just think putting that yeah. label just ruined it for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And I went the yeah. opposite and had dreadlocks and did, I did all that stuff. I was a stupid kid. Oh my God. Okay. I really want to see you with dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. If you got a picture of that posted, because that's hilarious. I drove, I drove a seventy-two Volkswagen bus. Like I did the did whole you? thing. Did you? I did, and it was tie-dye with dancing bears painted. Oh, out. that sounds fun. Yeah, but but I don't know if it's the same kind of idea, where you know, by somebody telling me, "Oh, you're brilliant," then I'm just like, "Fuck that!" Like pressing on your work like that and trying, and your work's like, "I'm out," you know, "Fuck you." Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, I yeah, I don't know. Just uh, it's weird how things like that happen to us growing up. Those little things, but yeah, and you remember them. But yeah, I definitely remembered um, my teacher yelling at me for that, and I kind of figure that's what I'm doing now, and which is why I've been overthinking stuck. it. Yeah, I kind of been stuck this past um, week and a half. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so here is something I know this is kind of long, so we might have to. I don't know, this might have to be a two parter, but <laughs> okay. uh, we're, we're only here on the book. Um, <laughs> we still have all of this. I made a bunch of notes through here, but oh, um, nice. one thing that he uh, talks about here is um, if you're stuck on coming up with a story idea, this is what he says. Um, a strong enough situation renders the whole question of plot moot, which is fine with me. The most interesting situations can usually be expressed as a what if question. What if vampires invaded a small New England village, Salem's yeah. Lot? Um, what if a policeman in a remote Nevada town went berserk and started killing everyone in sight? Desperation. Mm -hmm. What if a cleaning woman suspected of a murder she she got away with her husband fell under suspicion for a murder she did not commit her employer Dolores Claiborne yeah. love love that I watched the movie I didn't read the book sorry Eat. okay yeah, um, you'd be all right Kathy Bates yeah. is brilliant yes love her um, <laughs> yeah. what if a young mother and her son became trapped in their stalled car by a rabbit dog Cujo I remember watching that as a kid and yeah. just thought it was the coolest and scariest thing ever but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, 
so these he's saying basically what he's saying was these were all situations which occurred to him while he was showering, while he was driving, um, while taking my daily walk. He's a big walker. Um, yeah. I am not a big walker, but I don't like to go outside, but <laughs> but which he eventually turned to books. And um, he says, please remember, however, that there is a huge difference between story and plot. Story is honorable and trustworthy. Plot is shifty and best kept under house arrest. <laughs> So again, I think he's just saying like, just sort of like get your idea and then just start writing. And then like, um, you know, discovering your, the fossil, you know, let the, let the, just let the story sort of um, just uncover itself to you yeah. as you write, you For know, sure. which I just loved that analogy. I thought it was so great. Yeah. Um, and then Ken, I want to do this exercise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we could turn it into stevenking.com. It's an exercise. And if you're listening and you have the book, he has an exercise in here, a writing exercise. And he says, well, back then he said we could submit this story on stevenking.com. I don't know if that's still a thing. I didn't go on stevenking.com to check it out. Yeah. But I just thought it would be kind of fun if maybe you and I wrote something and then we can read it on here or yeah. we, I don't know. We could, we could talk about it, but um, I just cool. thought it was interesting um, that he gives this exercise and he tells you what he wants you to write. But, and then he kind of gives you like what's a typical story of a man um, abusing his wife. Like this is something that's all you, you hear in the news all the time. There's always, yeah. you know, um, a spouse killing another spouse, whatever, or abusing or their child, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's like, he, his example was a husband that was abusing his wife. She gets away. Um, and then she, um, she moves on with her life and then he comes back. Um, and so what he says though, is to twist it and twist it and have the roles reversed. So have okay. the woman um, coming, she finds her ex, whatever. Um, yeah. And so he, he has a whole exercise here and says like to kind of twist it. So basically what he's like, he's kind of saying is helping us to come up with a story idea and how to sort of make it a little bit different, which is what, I mean, a lot of agents today are always saying, you know, to take a trope and twist it a little bit, yeah. um, make it different something that hasn't been done before. Um, and so, I mean, this is advice that's still um, applicable for today, even though he wrote this in 23 years ago. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Essentially. So, um, yeah. And I, so, I don't know. We could talk We could talk about it, but I thought that would be a fun little exercise to do. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool as hell. There's a lot here, guys. Honestly, there is a lot. I would definitely recommend... Um, um picking up this book um even if it's just like for me it helps sort of pull me out of this like writing slot that i'm going through right now and yeah. help me to see that i you know maybe you're like me and you're a plotter or you plot out the beats or you're a heavy plotter and maybe you're stuck on a story because you're trying to overthink it um i think like his advice of just using your intuition is probably the best advice out there because you already know how to write a story. You already know the certain beats that you're going to need in your story and they will just sort of like unfold as you write. So I'm going to try that uh, with this next story that I want to write. I'm really going to try to see if yeah. I can just sort of go through 
without having to plot everything. I'm a little nervous. That'd be awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of editing when I'm done. Like when I'm done, then I don't have to go back and like edit, right? But I mean, you got to edit either way, whatever yeah. it is, what it is. But um, yeah, so we didn't get through everything, guys, and we're already at an hour. Eek, this yeah. is probably one of our longest episodes. For sure. Um, so I don't know. Should we do a part two? Should we part just two. do a part two? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So um, we're going to end here. There's more stuff that I wanted to talk about that I had highlighted in this book. There's a lot of really good stuff and kind of, um, I don't know if, if you feel like this is helpful to you or if you feel like maybe you've been in this our situation that we are in right now can i know once he gets better he's gonna rock it and i'll probably still be you know trying to figure out life i'm <laughs> just kidding hopefully <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so we will see you um uh, this is gonna air a little bit late um we're gonna and then we're just after this we're gonna follow just our regular um two weeks <laughs> our regular yeah. two week schedule so we're just gonna go it's gonna be late but you know what? It is what it is. But anyway, um, I hope that you guys um, uh, enjoyed this episode. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Yep. Bye. Bye. That's it for today's episode, friends. We hope you learned something new today. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube under Two Writers Walk Into a Bar Podcast. Our YouTube episodes will upload on Thursdays, the day after the show airs, if you want to watch. And if you want your query letter and first three pages critiqued and read on air by us, send them to our email at twowritersinabar at gmail.com. Put query on air in the subject line. We will read them on a first come, first serve basis. Remember, we are here to help, inspire, and celebrate. Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast is produced by Bravo Media Group.